In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. Oh God, I don't even know. I started this job two months ago and I don't go there because I work on, a constru- on construction sites. Oh, okay, so do you do you actually... Um, yeah, we started. Mm-hmm. We, we tend to do that where we just kind of randomly <laughs> start. <to> know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you work on construction sites then? Yes. Uh, how is that uh, experience? Like, well, we, we were speaking just before we started about, um, we we're talking about ma- male, female, uh, different things. But on a construction site, I imagine it's generally a, a male environment. How do you um, support and put up with that? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it takes experience. As everybody used to say when I was a teenager, obviously you didn't want to believe it, but everything comes with experience. Initially, when I started working in the construction industry, I couldn't believe and I couldn't handle that they were ignoring me. They were, I was shut down, literally like hand into my face and just oh. stop talking. Oh or gosh. literally I was telling them something and they were talking on top of me. So I, at, at at some stage I had to just withdraw so yeah it was a tough time at the beginning but um, as I started working in this industry getting to know the people uh, I guess I just got used to it and you see when I started I was a very ambitious engineer I wanted to be heard I wanted to be seen that I'm doing something good that I know what I'm doing yeah Uh, but at some stage I just said it's not worth it they will know I know because they will see emails, they will see calls, they will they will hear me finally. Uh, so I just didn't care. I stopped caring. They still have to hear me. They still have to listen to what I have to say. They still have to follow some of my instructions. They may change them, but they still have to listen to me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you said you you were very ambitious. Do you still consider yourself ambitious, or that's kind of? It's a different type of ambition. Now. Okay. Uh, at the beginning, I think it's more. Hmm, what way do I say it? You want to change the world. Let's put it this way. You think that you're going to make an impact, you're going to change the world, that uh, you're going to make an impact on everybody's life. But in reality, it's just job. And I had to find this balance between being ambitious and trying to make a change and just doing my job. So I found this balance now and I still love my job. I love what I do. Great. It's so important. It's so extremely important, yes. I love what I do and I know I make impact on someone else's lives, like the clients, because mm. at the end of the day, we give them a product that they asked for. So that's going to improve their lives in the long run. Yeah. So I know I, I'm, I'm still doing this, but I'm not pressuring myself into something that will never happen. I will yeah. not change the world as I was thinking a few years back. Well, you never know. There's plenty of time in your career left. Um. Judging by the experience so far, it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> well, you know, uh, a small difference is a big difference, right? Yes. One yeah. step at the time. I remember listening to some TED Talk once, or was it TED Talk or some random YouTube video? Um, and I don't have any of the details about it. And I can't really remember most of the details, but I'm going to try and explain it anyway, because that's the, the kind of, yeah, good research. Exactly. Okay. But it was a guy talking about... Um, our purpose and our, our 
you know, because we're often talking in life about where what our career is, what our ambition is, what is our purpose, what are we supposed mm -hmm. to do, what are we going to change? Yeah. And he was saying that maybe we should take an, a, a leaf out of the book of some of the earliest life that existed on the on the planet, so on Earth. And it was essentially a type of uh, bacteria or whatever mm -hmm. it might have been, I can't remember, that individually had zero purpose. It didn't do anything. But collectively, this, I'm saying bacteria, it might not be, but whatever it was, changed the atmosphere of the planet from mostly carbon dioxide to incorporate oxygen, which then facilitated life to, to go on further and to evolve, basically. So the individual purpose of that bacteria was nothing but the collective purpose changed the world forever. Yep. So that's something that I actually try to if I am, I'm, I'm, you never know, part of the part of the bigger picture. Yeah, um, that's true. Anyway, Maggie, um, thank you so much for being here. We 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 got in contact. You you were saying that you'd be interested in being on the podcast. And immediately I was I was really excited to have you here because you sounded super enthusiastic on the phone. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got lots to say. And I was like, oh, great, this is going to be great fun. Um, so I really appreciate you being here. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about where you're from? Um, where, like, or sorry, when you came to Dublin, why you came, and just a little bit of your of your background. Okay, so I am Polish. Um, I came to Ireland mm, in April twenty thirteen, which is nearly nine and a half years ago. Initially, I came here just just for the visit. I was visiting my friends, but after a month I was just dying to go back home I was homesick like crazy because they were working I was staying at home alone I couldn't find a job because I think it was the time when Ireland was picking itself up after this big economical crisis so there was no jobs I was sending my CVs out and there was no responses so I just said okay it's not worth it so I booked my tickets uh, back home but um, it's gonna be a bit of a love story but look something interesting Aye. to say um, I logged onto a dating website. It wasn't Tinder, but it was a dating website. Um, and this way I met my, my partner. We are still together nine right, years later. Brilliant. So when I met him, we started chatting and I went back home to Poland. And for some reason, he changed my mind completely. And uh, after two weeks, I just packed my bags and I came back to Ireland um, and we've been together ever since. So that's our bit of a love story. Um, so that was the reason why I came here in the first place uh, and stayed for good. So you I'd came say. for the holiday and you stayed for the love. Yeah, if you want to put it this way, yeah, that's that's good. Hmm. I did. It was actually a Polish website and believe it or not, I had my Polish location on it and I changed it for Dublin just for fun, just yeah. to see if there's any interesting people around. And my husband, or my partner, if you wish, uh, he sent me a message within 15 minutes or so. So, and that's how it happened. He's Polish as well. Yes, he's Polish, but he was in Ireland at that time for six years, I think. Uh, so, he did, he did, or maybe it was just me knowing, like I was saying to Mark before, that I always knew that I didn't belong to the countryside where I'm from in Poland. Yeah. I always, like you mentioned about that purpose in life, I always knew that my purpose was something different than just staying in this village, getting married, having kids, and plowing on with my life. 
I knew there was something more for me. So I always probably if you if you could talk to my mom, she would confirm that I was always curious. I always wanted to go to places. I I could never sit on my um, in my chair at home and do nothing. I was always, always everywhere. So I think maybe that curiosity pushed me to start looking into going somewhere um, and a bit of courage. And then I met him. He, he Michael, Michael only helped me because I trusted him. I don't know why, but from the first moment I met him, I trusted him and uh, I still trust him. So I think it made made everything easier because it was a big move. Like I was saying to Mark before, it was a big move for someone who's from the countryside, who's never been anywhere. This was the very first country I've ever gone to. And uh, that's quite romantic. So when you, <laughs> you met him, yes. uh, you had been in Ireland how long? A month? A month and two weeks, maybe six weeks, okay. something like that. And he took you, obviously he's there for six years, he kind of knows uh, Dublin, you were in yes. Dublin, yes. Uh, he knows Dublin. Where did he take you on your first date? Good question. We didn't go on a date. Oh. oh. There was no dates. I moved, we moved in together from what? the very beginning. <laughs> I love this story. I'm, I, I, I always used to say that I'm going to write a book about this because this I... kind of stories don't really happen, I think, in real life. Yeah, you have to hang on a second now. So your first date was we moved in together. What? <laughs> Come on. Okay, so yeah, look, without getting into all the details, yeah, because of course. It's, it's, it's a lot of details around us. When he collected me from the airport on the day when I landed on the Irish land again, we moved in together. Okay, so so just so I understand, you, you were here on a holiday, but then went back. Yes. And then, after two but you weeks. Ha you had kind of been chatting with him online yes. and then he convinced you to come back yes. to okay so from the day i met him online until the day we moved in together that was exactly four weeks wow it was the craziest thing i've ever done in my life i never thought i could have done something like this but i think it's just when you meet the right person i'm not I, i'm not saying if he's right for me or not we never know but of course. for that moment he was the right person for me i trusted him he was trustworthy trustworthy he's still and uh, we've been together ever since so that means a lot as well <laughs> um generally the human mind has uh, i think it's around eighty thousand thoughts per day 60 percent mm -hmm. of which are negative mm -hmm. thoughts so i imagine when you were considering this decision that there was a lot of thoughts going through your head of like uh oh what's this is this okay maybe i shouldn't do this like and perhaps you just felt like it was the right thing to do I never doubted this decision for a, split, for a split second. Wow. Once I was doubting to make this decision, but that was only really because I didn't want to move in with a strange guy that I didn't know. He could have been anybody. Yeah. Okay, he was nice for four weeks, but he could have been anybody. Yeah, he so that, that was my been. point. So you were having these thoughts, right? Yeah. And uh, probably for about five minutes. Okay. And then I just packed my bags because you see, this need of going into the world, of seeing the world and discovering something that I knew it was waiting, was waiting for me, it was stronger than anything else. And he was so trustworthy. He made the whole experience so amazing in my own mind that I I, I kind of felt that I didn't have to worry about that. Okay. So for you was it like an opportunity? It was like all right, here's a guy, seems really nice, um, and I, I could go and, and, you know, live with him, and, and but also, you know, 
take the opportunity of moving to a, a city and kind of fulfilling that need of, of uh, leaving the place that you were in, in Poland? Yeah, so I, like at the time you weren't like, I'm, I'm going to, he's going to be my long-term partner. No. But I ne- it, it's no, worked no. out that way since. No, I never had this thing that he was my opportunity. No, yeah. definitely not. Okay. I, we had the vibe. Wow. From the first moment, this is uh, a true love story. I like the I like the way he was talking to me. Uh, he actually started talking to me about something so silly. I'm afraid of frogs, which is very weird. But he, I'm afraid of frogs, and I call them green monsters. Mm. And I put it on the description of myself. I hate green monsters. And he was so curious what the green monster was. And he asked me, are you afraid of frogs? He knew straight away. And that was the very first sentence he sent to me. Not like, hi, how are you? Can we chat? It was just, are you afraid of frogs? And that's how it started. It just, it's just, I don't know. Good chat up line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are your fears? Um, yeah. Mm. No, yeah. <laughs> no, he was, he was mar- mar- much more handsome than the frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. That's a, a beautiful story. It is. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah, I couldn't believe it for a very long time that it actually happened to me because it's so unusual that it's sometimes hard to believe. Like, why did it happen to me? And, you know, a lot of self-doubt that people normally have. You started thinking, oh, my God, why did it happen to me? Why do I deserve this thing to happen to me? But then I thought, no, the world, the universe heard me when I was saying, please send me some sign. I want to go to the world. I want to see it. And he was just. It was just helping me to do it. And then it happened that we just stayed together. It's been nine years. Do you believe in destiny? Mm, you see, working in the construction industry brings you back to the earth. Very bad. I used to dream. I used to be a daydreamer, thinking about this being love and romance and destiny. And But then I started thinking as I started working in construction that you work towards various things you think about them you make them happen okay i do believe in the power of the universe whatever you send out you get back i'm living example that this exactly as uh, our human nature works whatever you send out to the world gets back to you so i do and i don't it's it's hard to answer this question because i changed a lot in nine years probably if you ask me or if you had asked me this question nine years ago i would have said yeah 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 of course i do strongly believe in this Today, I think I'm more down to earth and I think it's just your hard work making something happen. Mm. It just doesn't come like that on the flick of a finger. Mm. But when you say uh, when you what you what you send out, you get back. Um, can you explain a little bit more about what you mean about that? Of course I can. Uh, very good example from my work. Uh, at the beginning, you asked me how I was handling or how I handle this man environment being mm. a woman. Yeah. I'm the, I have been the only woman in seven years on any of the construction sites that I have ever been to. So Whoa. I've been dealing with so many men. Yeah. And uh, yeah, oh God, I don't know. It's it's quite emotional talking about this. Oh, that's because okay. it's been a it's been a long road and it's been a lot of uh, personal involvement and, and development. Yeah. I, I can imagine it's it's an incredibly difficult situation because you've you've gone into an environment where like at the beginning when you worked in that I'm sure there was other challenges like not only were you working in a very masculine uh, environment but you were also working in you know a different language 
um, you you had to really stick up for who you were yes. and stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and not take any shit. Yes, um, definitely. And but when somebody I me mean, like, listen, I'm not a woman. I've never experienced these issues, so I don't want to like talk about it as if it <laughs> if it, as if I know what I'm talking about because I don't know what I'm talking about all I have is stories from from friends from from my sister um but that doesn't mean I have felt it like they have felt it yes um so remarkably brave and the fact that you I mean you were talking to us actually before the podcast started about how much you love the job mm. so you've it's a very brave thing and you've succeeded in it really already how oh, you see uh with loving the job is another subject that uh, that just happened during my personal development. I didn't like my job. I de- never wanted to be an engineer. You can believe it or not. I never, ever wanted to be an engineer. Uh, I remember that day when I, com- I was nearly um, about to complete high school and I had to choose what I was going to do because I knew I was going to the college anyway, but I didn't know what I wanted. Actually, I knew what I wanted to do. I always, always wanted to be a teacher oh. for with young kids. Kids loved me and I had this instant connection with kids. Wherever we went with my parents for years to any party, I was not sitting at the table enjoying and having a party. I was minding kids because they literally couldn't get away. I couldn't get away from them. So I always knew I loved kids and I wanted to teach them because I wanted to teach them music because I sing as well or I used to, and I wanted to teach them about life, explaining all of this stuff to them. And then one day I was sitting with my mom at home and and she started asking me, so what's your plan? Where are you applying for the college? Because we could have three choices, three colleges that we could send our papers to. (laughs) To be honest with you, I sent to two only. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was sitting with my mom and she's saying, so what's your plan? What do you want to do? And I said, mom, you know, I want to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. I was 19 at the time. And my mommy started saying, ah, you know, mm, teachers don't really make great money. You have to mind all of these kids. And, you know, in Poland, there's not that great jobs being a teacher. Maybe you could do something better than that and you could do engineering. And obviously she took me by surprise because she knew that for 19 years of my life, I had been dreaming of being a teacher. But... I don't know if it's the influence that my mom had had on me at the time. I said, okay, mom, I will do it. I had no idea why I did this. Seriously, swear to God, no idea. So I applied to the University of Technology in Wroclaw in Poland. Uh, I was not really a great student. My teacher, Matt's Matt's teacher in, in high school said that I would never, ever pass the Matt's exams at the end. But I, I but because someone stuff. said that to me, in Maggie's head, there was this little thing, I'm going to prove you Good wrong, for you. you. And that's always been me. That's I've been rebellious all my life. And probably that's the reason why I'm coping with this construction industry. Against all odds, that's Maggie. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 so I started the college. For the first year, I was crying every single day that I could not go there. I was learning some, excuse me, crap that I did not understand, that they didn't like. It was not entertaining. And the whole college was difficult. Three and a half years of the college, I did the bachelor degree, honors bachelor degree, and I didn't want to do master's. I started, but I said, no, it's not for me. I'm quitting this. 
But as I came to Ireland, I started thinking, hmm, that's going to be a good opportunity for me. As you said, I had to learn the language. I had I set some kind of goal for myself because I'm rebellious by nature. If something goes wrong, I'm even I'm, I'm working even harder to get there. And if someone, especially when someone tells me you will not get there, oh, you are not going to be telling Maggie that <laughs> she is not going to get there. So, yeah, that's how I started. And um, I had to learn the whole industry in English because I studied in Polish. So I remember that very first meeting seven years ago, I was sitting with a group of people and they said, used a word damper. Damper is a little mechanical piece of item that um, regulates the, the airflow through the ductwork. And I remember up, up until today that they used this word and Maggie was sitting at this meeting thinking, oh my God, please don't ask me about anything about this damper because I don't know what that means. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> When you would come back from your work job and mm -hmm. everything like that, what were the kind of conversations that you were having the first the first uh, two, three months when you were in Ireland? You see, my story hasn't started working for a construction industry. As I said, there was no jobs initially, especially yeah. for immigrants with no English. My English was not as good as it is now. My English was good enough to read, to understand and to write, but speaking language it's probably similar in Ireland. When you learn Spanish or French, you can understand, you read or write, but you cannot necessarily the production speak. production of it, yeah. And that was the problem in my industry because my industry, even though we just build something, it's a lot of communication. You have to talk to people, to suppliers, to subcontractors, to your team. So, oh, and, and it was a very difficult time for me because I couldn't speak. So for the first few months, I didn't work because I was afraid of speaking and my partner kept pushing me just go to the world and talk to the people because you see even though I was very ambitious when I came to Ireland it was like running onto a wall it was such a shocker for me this big world that was there that I wasn't prepared for that I thought I had been but I wasn't yeah and the English that I couldn't speak was just making it even more difficult so for the first year I started working as a waitress it was below my ambitions. It was devastating for me. But it's what you had to do. But that's what I had to do, exactly. And that's what I started. That's when I started to learn the Irish culture, yeah. the Irish, Irish lifestyle, the language. I had to speak with the customers, whether I liked it or I didn't like it. I was at the front, in the front of the customers, so I had to. That was really the thing for the first year. And I absolutely adored this experience. It was one of the best experiences. I was talking to people. They liked me as well because I'm kind of bubbly and, you know, always talking. So I was getting good tips. So I was making money. My final, like I was telling yeah, to you, yeah. making euro, which was amazing. You know, in Poland, we don't have euro currency. We have Polish zloty, which is, you know, just like 4.5 times less than euro. So I was making euro. It was so exciting and learning English and, and doing stuff. It was amazing. So that was my first experience. And then I was gradually building my way up to being a mechanical engineer as I am today. Today, I'm a senior mechanical engineer, amazing. which is amazing. But it's not that I just jumped into the job and that's it. I built my career. Yeah, or I, I often think of the Olympians, you know, who put in four years of training that nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. And then they go to the Olympics, you know, hopefully. And then, you know, they might have a, a, a moment of glory. And everybody's like, oh, wow, that person. Mm -hmm. But they have been working every day 
for the past, you know, four, probably obviously more than years than that. But I often think of it like that. We, we always think, oh, you know, they're like amazing in, in that moment. And as you say, that's their moment. But before that. Yeah. So your relationship um, started obviously with your partner when you came back. He collected you from the airport. But then also your relationship with Dublin began and, and Ireland and its culture here. Um, so you told us about like how you started in like working in a cafe. So that was where you learned about Irish culture. What were the, some of the initial things that you noted that were interesting to you? Funny enough, you know, I'm quite loud by nature. I speak quite loud and I'm very because I'm very bubbly. I, I can be quite loud. <laughs> I've been always given out about that. <laughs> but that was the very first thing I noticed about the Irish, that they are very loud. Yeah. When you are especially in a restaurant or in a pub, you are so extremely loud that you probably can't even hear what when what you're talking to each other. And that was the very first thing. The second thing that I noticed as well, that you were so extremely polite, but mm. polite to the extreme because I come from Poland. You know, Poland, Polish people tend to be very frustrated. Polish people they have a lot on their plates. Life in Poland is not easy, as easy as it is in, in Ireland. And trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, I come from a you know frustrated environment. Nice neighbors, nice family. But at the same time, most of the people around were very upset, constantly given out about everything. The Irish give out as well, but you give out in such funny way. And it's such amazing <laughs> way that it just literally amazes me every single day and it's been nine years and i'm still amazed about the way you complain you complain for the crack you don't complain for just really seriously complaining that you're very laid back mm. people yeah uh, the probably the funniest thing that i ever noticed at the very beginning <laughs> it was when i was walking on the street I was very old fashioned. I didn't have a smartphone. I had a standard phone with the keyboard and I was holding a big map of Dublin in my hand and I got lost somewhere. It was actually beside, uh, it was Dublin 8, I think, somewhere there. And I got lost. I didn't know how to get back home and I didn't have the Google Maps on my phone. So I pulled out this map. I opened it in the middle of the street. I did, couldn't even locate myself on this map. There was actually within five seconds, there was like 10 people around me. Oh, do you need help? Do you need help? Oh, we'll tell you. You're here. You're there. You need to go there. Oh, no, no. She actually needs to go there. Oh, no, 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 no. She needs to go that way. So it was extremely <laughs> amazing. There was just so many people trying to help, even though they confused me even more. Yeah, yeah. Especially that I didn't know where I was. Your help was unhelpful. Exactly. But look, it was helpful in a, in a sense, but it just showed me this um, politeness of yours as a nation. And one more thing is this obsessive politeness as well, that I was on the street walking and someone bumped onto me accidentally, just running out of a shop or something. And sorry, it was the other way around. I bumped onto them accidentally and they apologized me for me bumping at them. And I said, I, that was a shocker to me. I was standing on the street with my jaw dropped and I was thinking, why is that, that person apologizing me? I heard them, I mm. bumped onto them. So these were really, really the first experiences that you are extremely polite, that you're very helpful, you are noisy and you are very laid back. Mm. That's really a summary. I think one of the first things that uh, first words that an Irish person will say is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for even being here. 
yeah. yeah. No, it's true. I, I noticed this a lot when I was uh, away um, that when I lived in Spain and saying sorry over there was like, well, what? what are you talking about? And then I try my best to like get it out of my system, but it's deep in there. And I remember actually I was running along one day in Spain um, on a footpath and some guy kind of nearly cut, cut across me on a, on a bike. And I jumped and I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then I was like, hang on a second, the cycle path is over there. You should be on the cycle path. And I was like, you know, super angry for a second trying to run, but he was gone. He was like 500 meters. He was super fast on his bike. I was like, come back. I want to take my sorry back. <laughs> I have not met anybody as friendly as the Irish. I've traveled quite a lot. I haven't lived anywhere for good. But a lot of people, like we were in Greece for 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 holidays this year. And what we notice is that the Greek people can be very nice as well but they need some time to open up we went we were going to the same restaurant for a few days in a row so after the second day i think the waiter started opening up and he started being very polite he didn't treat us as silly tourists right mm. but in ireland you don't have this this um, this this uh this problem you literally are being treated straight away with friendliness politeness and and the smile it's incredible. yeah that's that's good that's good. I'm glad you have that experience here. Yeah. Uh, and it's something I, I'm proud of, actually. It's nice to to think that we're welcoming and that, uh, yeah, that people can feel comfortable. Um, I think that is, that's something that's important to me. Um, I want to ask you about something that, um, it comes from my own experience, but I want to uh, know what, what your experience of this is. Mm-hmm. Um, as As we grow up, we get to learn things about ourselves or we discover things uh, about who we are um, and there's that I guess big question about you know who am I or who are we it's not something I actually ever really consider but sometimes I think it's forced you're forced to actually think about it and um, when whenever you might have an important decision to make or, or whatever Um, one thing that I learned retrospectively after I moved away from Ireland was that who I was was actually defined quite a lot by um, the people around me, you know? So maybe with my group of friends, I'm, uh, you know, I could be the serious one or the funny one or whoever you are, you're a certain character there, right? And then with your family, um, in my case, I was the youngest, always will be. So you're, you kind of fit that mold you you adopt almost personality i didn't realize i was doing this but it's just natural it's the way things happen then you come out of that environment um and in my case i i i left all of that behind and then then i first of all i started to become aware that i was in my own country the youngest and we'll say the funny one or whatever it might be um, I'm sure my, my friends would disagree with the with the funny <laughs> one. I'm just saving that as an example, right? Youngest can't be taken away. I'm definitely the youngest, as far as I'm aware. Um, then I started to think more about who I am and who I wanted to be as a person. Um, have you had a, a similar feeling that when you came away from your family, your group of friends, I know this is a few years ago, but did you have to try and think about or reshape the person who you are? I have reshaped completely. Mm. I think now I'm the person that I wanted to be. I'm the person who I always thought I was, 
But as you said, because of the environment that you are, the community that you are surrounded by, you cannot be like entirely the way you want because as I said, I'm from the small countryside. There's always who will be judging. Uh, I never wanted to shame, to put any shame on my family home, on my parents, on my family, on my brother, on myself even, because people were always judging, no matter what I did. And because I was always everywhere, attending choir and some kind of, you know, performances in school, people knew me. So... Yeah, I've transformed so much. Even I was talking to my dad this morning on the phone um, and he said to me that even the way I speak is completely different than it used to be. Um, mm -hmm. the, my thinking is different because it's mine. Now I feel like I'm 100% myself. Mm, uh, great. And it's funny because I only I am 33 mm. and I started feeling this about three years ago that oh my God, I am actually feeling like it's me now because I I never thought about this before because I was just rolling on with my life, trying to get my, you know, my career and uh, trying to build the relationship that started was bumpy. My life was bumpy here. I was homesick for a long time. Uh, I didn't have friends in here. I didn't have my family here. So it, it, it does change you, but also in my case, at least brought the real me on the surface. And, uh, I changed a lot as well. You change with age no matter what. I'm probably a better listener than I used to be. <laughs> I'm very talkative by nature, but I used to just talk, 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 talk <laughs> years back. Now I can stay quiet for a longer period of time and I can listen, act actively listen. Mm. The difficult times make you grow. You know, it's it's like a muscle. You got to break it down to make it grow. Yeah. Um, what? But what kept you motivated? What kept you sane during those difficult moments and the difficult times at the beginning? You see, uh, I think it was Michael who also made me. I don't want this to sound like a very romantic all love story. I really wanted we had, to. We had absolutely terrible times together. I wanted mm. to dump him. I wanted to run back to Poland. I wanted to be with my family, with the environment that I knew when I was feeling comfortable. When I came to Ireland, I had to build this environment to feel safe, to feel comfortable, to feel at home, if you wish. Yeah. I will never feel entirely at home because my home will always be there, even though my mom thinks that my home is already here and I abandoned my family home. She's obviously joking, but, uh, you know, you kind of build it. You, yeah, it's... Yeah. It, I think it was, it was, sorry, it was... Michael most of all and I think also the the thing that I had in me that I wanted to prove to others and myself that I can because I had a lot of self-doubts low self-esteem I thought I was great but then obviously the reality brought me back that I had so much to learn so much to to develop myself or the niches that I had to expand with the knowledge and experiences so uh, so I think that that changes and, and I think Michael was one of the biggest reasons why I'm still here mm, I like my job as well in here I was saying that I didn't like it initially but I kind of taught myself to like it because if you like it you kind of don't work you just enjoy it so. absolutely I think we we at this point should give a bit of a shout out to Michael without you Michael we wouldn't be talking to Maggie maybe here today and we're, we're having a great time chatting to you so yeah he probably deserves... he needs to hear it because sometimes he doesn't believe me yeah, when yeah. I say it that he's yeah. the only reason why I stayed here and even my dad knows that 
but you almost lost her at the beginning there michael as well but <laughs> you stuck in there good job yeah absolutely um what was it? Are you afraid of frogs? Yes. <laughs> Is it the frogs that you were afraid of? Uh, if you translate it, because obviously that was in Polish, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> beautiful story. Yeah. Uh, beautiful story. Um, we're now moving on to kind of how you're getting on now. Um, you had the difficult times at the beginning. That's normal. You got through it. Thankfully, Michael was there to support you. And also you had that ambition. And I think I can see within you, you're 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 a strong person a brave person um do you see your future in ireland that's a very difficult question i get this i get asked this question quite often every time i meet new people they ask me oh, where are you from and uh, are you planning on staying or are you planning on going back to poland that's usually mm -hmm. the two typical questions that you get in ireland if you are an immigrant um you see i could but we don't know what life is going to bring. I would like to try living somewhere else, but because I feel so comfortable now, I'm in my comfort zone when it comes to work, when it comes to earnings, when it comes to my living conditions, that sometimes it's difficult to step out from this comfort zone and start, and start again. I've been living in Dublin in the same place, in the same apartments complex for nine years. So I got used to the environment, to the neighborhood. I know every single corner of this place. And with the age, I think you get less courageous that you used to be as well, because you start feeling comfortable and familiar with everything. So it's very difficult to answer. I don't have an answer yes or no, because I don't know what future holds for me. Uh, for the moment, I would like to stay for another few years, definitely, and uh, just get more skills. Um, You're still on that journey. You don't know. Um, yes. And yeah, it's. I think that's a sensible way to think about it. Yeah. yeah, and not to tie yourself down to any yeah. to any one specific answer. You're happy here for the moment. Things can always change. I actually have the same same mentality. Um, as I said, I lived away. I, I love Dublin at the moment. I, that is no way of me saying that I'm staying here for the rest of my life. There's, as you say, there could be. You could get a job offer in New York tomorrow, exactly. and you're like, Michael, this time you're coming with me. Let's pack the bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which would be nice. Which would be amazing, yes. Um, yeah. Um, it's been so nice talking to you, Maggie. I have to Thank say, you. it's been a real kind of you're you're a breath of fresh air a little bit. You've got a serious amount of positivity in, inside you, and it's been really nice to to hear about your to hear about your story. Um, and I didn't know that it was going to be such a romantic one, so that was a nice surprise. I think you're the first one that's got such a nice romantic story. To... Oh God, should I actually feel ashamed now? <laughs> oh, geez, absolutely not. Um, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't planning on telling you all of this story, but this is really the basis of me being in Ireland. And this is the basis of me that formed me as I am today. Yeah. Um, and like, I th I think it's it's a big part of any, a relationship is a big part of anybody's life. Um, and as you said, like a relationship can have good moments and bad moments um and you're lucky enough to to have found a um a, a way to be a team with um with michael like you you sound like you can work together um and grow together because you've grown in dublin as you said yourself and i think if you're in a relationship where you can grow then 
it's worth it's definitely worth um hanging on to and fighting for even through the difficult times um a couple of questions before we finish okay um what would be one of your favorite places in dublin mm, my favorite like the most favorite place is the herbert park in Bowlesbridge. Wow, it's a second person. I absolutely love this place. Maybe it's also relating to the job I did because there's a job that I did around this park. So I spent two years in this park going for my lunches, for my walks, enjoying oh, you know, okay. the views. And when the job finished, I was moved somewhere else. So maybe that's the reason, but we always like coming here. There's a lovely market here on Sundays as well, which I love. They serve amazing food and, and various things that you like, you may like. Uh, so that's my favorite place, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah, we're actually, for anybody listening, this office is is about a five, well, maybe eight minute walk, more or less, um, to, to Herbert Park. As, as you can see, I've got it well worked out in my head. We're having nice weather at the moment, so I've been taking every chance that I can to to get over there and just have a little sit for a while. It's a, it's a beautiful place. It is. Yeah. And it's definitely eight minutes walk for someone as tall as you, or <laughs> like 12. <laughs> um well, i don't walk that fast trust me um then the, our, our last question for you um oh, what's what's the last question that we normally have? i can ask this question <laughs> yeah so if you have if someone is moving to dublin yes. um they might be listening and actually a few people are, are listening now using this podcast as a way to find out information before they move Mm -hmm. um, or if they've just moved, they're two or three weeks in, they're that one month period, if you can think back all the way to those kind of, to that moment, what one piece of advice would you give them to help them integrate or settle into, into Dublin a little bit better? Hmm, I can't answer this way. Okay, that's all right. The best advice that I can give them is to buy a good piece of jacket. <laughs> Waterproof, windproof, lightweight amazing piece of jacket because i remember when i came here we have very cold winters in poland but we don't have as rainy winters so my winter jacket was amazingly warm but it was too warm for ireland and not waterproof at all and i remember this one walk we went uh, it was lashing rain like it happens in ireland it lasted for 10 minutes but i was soaked to the bones so yes jacket definitely and i'm not talking about cheap jacket go and invest good money in a good piece of jacket Good advice. <laughs> uh, we don't often, ironically, talk about the weather, um, which is normally what Irish people do, but we try to um, not be the stereotype too much. But hang on, I'm going to talk about it right now because, um, uh, Ross, you're also, you've worked in, in the English language and you've, you've worked with uh, people who have moved here who are on holidays, whatever. And one thing that you have to expect in Ireland, it's like when I go to um, a sunny country, I am not used to... Um, dressing appropriately or not even dressing but preparing like having mm -hmm. you know some sun cream in my pocket or what always happens is i'll put a bit on in the morning i'll get sweaty and then i come home in the evening and i'm totally burnt and people are giving out to me like oh what did you put i did put i tried um, and <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> yeah like it was it was a good effort um but when you're here, you have to be ready for it to change. If it's sunny in the morning, that does not mean it's going to be sunny at 10 past 11. <laughs> if it's raining at 10 past 11, that doesn't mean it's going to be raining at 12 minutes past 11. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. So is. bring a bag and prepare for all types of 
mediocre weather. <laughs> it's not going to get freezing cold. It's not going to get super hot. The rain isn't even going to be that bad, but it'll be enough to get you wet. Yeah. Um, so you got to be prepared for, for all four seasons in, in one, one day. Or uh, in one hour sometimes. And we in get one that hour. Yeah. That is a very, very good piece of advice. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I came here with my lovely pink suitcase uh, full of lovely tops, sleeveless tops and skirts and dresses. All of them went to the charity yeah. shop. Send and this day back. when I opened my wardrobe, I see one section of jumpers for the cold weather, one section of, of nice clothes for like rain, water, rain, weather, rainy weather, sorry, you know, leggings, hoodies because that's the most comfortable clothes in ireland but definitely a worth it's 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 a good shot to get a good mm. good good jacket yeah um for anybody who else is listening we're actually going through a really nice weather at the moment so this isn't appropriate for right now <laughs> but i i um i challenge you to um to a little task which is if you don't know what temperature it is so a lot of people check the temperature on their phone in the morning to know what they might wear um i can guarantee you 85% of the time, it's 12 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare for 12 degrees. 100%. Maybe two or three above or below, but it's, yeah. it's you're never too far away with 12 yeah. degrees. That's why layering is the best thing in Ireland. You can be prepared for everything you have. T-shirt underneath for the hot weather. You have the jumper, hoodie, whatever you like, and then the light jacket on top. And this way you're prepared for nearly everything in yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Maggie, thanks so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Um, for so anybody much. who's listening, um, thanks for tuning in. It's It's been great to have you with us. Um, myself and Ross are absolutely loving doing this um, and it's becoming something that I really want to continue. Um, but to be honest, what will make that happen is if you share this podcast with even just one friend of yours, that would make a huge difference to us. Um, give us a quick rating on Spotify. All you have to do is click your fingers in or, or tap a button. It takes about two and a half seconds um, and give us a rating. And those little things really help for other people to discover this and to listen to these podcasts. And at the end of the day, what we want to do is to try and bring people closer together in Dublin, feel like there's a community here, feel like that if anybody's going through a tough time that they can reach out. Um, at the end of the day, we just want to make everybody's experience in Dublin as good as it possibly could be. Uh, that's the objective. Um, so by sharing this, you're helping us to get a little bit closer to that goal. Um, and at the end of the day, we're just that little bit of green bacteria. So uh, our, our dreams aren't that big, but um, if we can make a little difference, then then that would be fantastic. Cheers, guys. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.